Innovation divas really know the who, what, and why of inventing and love that they can share their knowledge, connections, and great women-invented products with their audience. Meet Melinda Knight, businesswoman, inventor, expert social media, and celebrity gifting guru, and her co-host, Deanna Cohen, who has been inventing products, businesses, marketing contests, and events for over 20 years. The Innovation Divas not only host this fantastic show, they also run the only network award program and events for women inventors. If you need the connections to buyers, the media, or companies that can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. Now here to share the who, what, and why of inventing, your innovation divas, Melinda Knight and Diana Cohen. Well, I would say that I'm in bed on this rainy Chicago day, but I don't think it's very appropriate but oh, I am. I'm, they can't see you. Just say you I are in bed right now in pajamas or not, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm in my Lululemons and <laughs> in a blanket. So it's, it's like I should be working out, but it's rainy and gross. So that's what my day. I mean, I'm going to be transparent. That's the way it is. Yeah, we've got, we're all about honesty here. So I'm here right now without any makeup on. I'm also in my, you know, workout get up and, and uh, you know, not looking so hot. <laughs> and, and I'm sure our lovely guest, Kate O'Malley, who has like the fashionista side of her, is on video with a TV face and a TV setup over there. What is it? Is that true, Kate? Yes, it absolutely is true. I've never looked better than this morning. Never. <laughs> Well, we are so honored and excited to have you on, and I keep remembering the day that you explained to me, and I don't know if Melinda was there that day at the Houseware Show, um, how you created your product, and it was it was truly the mother of inventions of all inventions. So <laughs> let's first introduce you, obviously, Kate O'Malley from Bangle Dangler, excuse me, I'm not saying it properly, so let's get you to say it. Bang, bangle stacker, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So you came up with this idea because dot, dot, dot. Because I was having a problem with my jewelry, and I love the new trend, or maybe it's not a new trend, and I'm just old, of the stacked bracelets on your wrist, but I was shoving them in my jewelry drawer and jewelry box that they wouldn't quite fit in, and I thought, there has to be something better than this. So I got one of my kids' paper plates, and I wanted to do this as a project with my two daughters who were tweeny age, and they weren't very interested. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do it myself because I need it. And so I got two toilet paper rolls, golf tees, and just a kid's plastic plate and duct taped them all together and made a my first bangle stacker, which I just called a jewelry tray, and I started using it, and I even used pink duct, duct tape because I thought it looked so pretty on my dresser because <laughs> that was what I was going to use. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to go buy one of these. I, I'm going to go buy one. And I couldn't find one, and I specifically couldn't find I really liked the vertical stacks that I created, vertical posts that I created. I thought it assimilated the wrist more than the perpendicular ones that are currently out there. And so that's what I really liked about my, what I made and what I was specifically looking for in the market. That's fantastic. And how does it fit in, 
you know, I, I mean, I'm always thinking about storage and organizing and, and, you know, how does it work in the space of like a, uh, you know, closet or in the bathroom and, and that sort of thing? Do they kind of stack within each other or? They um, do it- stack within each other, but that's kind of, I designed that specifically for retail space. So it wouldn't take up a lot of the valuable retail space of, larger stores, but also it just kind of sits. It's a 10 by 7 diameter, and the stacks are three and a half inches high, so it just can sit on your dresser. It can sit in your – I do not have one of those enormous, fabulous closets that a lot of people have, but my friends who bought them do have those. Some of them have those closets, and they put it on one of the shelves in there. People put them in the bathroom. I keep one next to my sink in my kitchen because I – don't like wearing jewelry when I do the dishes and wash pots and pans because I get a rash underneath. So I even keep one in the next to my sink, which I find really has been helpful. So you can kind of use anywhere. I keep it mostly mostly on my dresser, so then I can see the jewelry and say like, oh, I like how this looks. Oh, I like how this looks, and kind of play with how the bracelets are going to stack on my wrist. And you can put rings on it too, or is there a portion of it that you can put rings yeah, so on? There's yeah, so there's two vertical bangle or watch holders, and then there's three ring holders, which also I incorporated because I would go out and buy these fun rings and just accessory rings, nothing like a six-diamond Cartier or anything, but just fun rings to wear, cocktail rings. And then I forget I have them, and then I'd look in my drawer, and I was like, huh, I should have worn that, or oh, I'll remember it next time, and then I'd forget that I'd have it again. So I just like being able to see the jewelry, because in me, personally, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Mm -hmm. So I like having it in sight and in my mind. Well, and usually with those costume, you know, rings and and bangles and, and, uh, you know, bracelets, you're kind of you that's what you coordinate between the two because they're the closest to each other so it's kind of neat to see them side by side or close exactly it's really cool yeah thank you (laughs) i think about how i do that with it because i love costume jewelry so that's how i you know that's the part that i really you've got to match that even more than you know everything else you can kind of you know they're a little bit further away from each other so they don't have to be you know exactly matchy matchy but um, yeah you know. And there's always new costume jewelry coming out, and there's all these great colors that you can match with your colors. It's not just gold and silver. Yeah. It's all the enamel. So there's just so much that you want to buy, and I do buy, actually, because I think, why not? <laughs> it goes with this one outfit. And, you know, the, the, the best part of what you did is that you found a need in the marketplace that wasn't being fulfilled. I mean, that's the beauty of innovation and the beauty of 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 an idea that came from your own need and what you were looking to solve. And so that's what I love so much about working with people like you, Kate, is that um, especially in our industry from, you know, over the years, Melinda and I've met, you know, thousands of inventors. But what you've done is you've really um, made it so that we can, um, you know, have something as an end result from your idea. And that's really cool. No, thank you. So um, tell us, so from the, the, the toilet paper holder and the duct tape and the and golf tees, which I thought were, that was like a fantastic little like, well, we'll throw, not that women don't play golf, but that you <laughs> threw a little bit of some, you probably pulled that from your husband's I did. Know, golf bag or something. So um, tell us, what was the next step? Had you ever invented before? Were you someone that had no idea what you were getting yourself into? 
So I did invent before, and I invented a blanket idea, the dual insulation non-electric blanket, and it's one side is thicker than the other. My husband and I also have different temperature needs at night, and I was always putting an extra blanket on. So I did create something. It's a patented product, but I, that's a, another story for another day. But So I did know how to deal with that China market, and that first invention was about 10 years ago, and that took me years. And it just, every it, the Internet wasn't quite what the Internet is now. So when this, when I developed this the summer of 2014, when all of a sudden my husband's like, that's a good idea. That's, that's a great product. I think you could get that made. W- within four months, I had a prototype. I really, I kind of knew how to do it. I knew to find an engineer. I knew to get a prototype. I contacted someone who could contact someone in China, and then everything's done email with my China manufacturing, and it was just a lot easier this time, and I think that is because it took me so long the first time to kind of figure out, don't do this, do this quicker, go here a little bit, just a little more knowledge. Not that I have a lot of knowledge, but a little more helped to get it done kind of quickly. Well, and we're big advocates of, of, you know, just because something doesn't make it doesn't mean that, that... You can't learn from those things, and Deanna and I are probably the biggest, you know, billboards for that because we used everything that we've learned from our past to help inventors, and, and you know, there's so much we've learned. Yeah, the and there is so much to learn still. I don't, yeah. by no means, but if I did, which I probably won't invent something again, I could do it even quicker just because you know that much more, which I never would have thought I knew this much two years ago. Were you at a casting call by chance for the blanket? Did you do any? No, I wasn't. I had trouble with manufacturing for the blanket. I had trouble kind of with everything. And then my kids, not that they were huge trouble, but they were the age where I couldn't really devote a lot of time to the manufacturing and marketing of the blanket. So now with the bangle stacker being pseudo successful, I'm, kind of spinning the wheels again with the blanket idea. Well, there you go. Isn't that a a wonderful thing? Because many inventors do give up if they find, you know, dips in their, in their, in their road. You know, I mean, I think that the fact that you have found success is really quite wonderful. And I, I, we give you all the kudos for that. And going to the houseware show, do you think that that was, um, something of value for you? Oh, absolutely. It was a huge, because I was nervous to go there because I thought, who's going to look at little old me and my little old bangle stacker? And that's not how it was at all. They, there, the houseware show created that inventor's corner, which you both were a huge part of and your organization was fantastic with it and helping inventors who really don't know. And we were all together and it's amazing how creative people are. <laughs> But uh, it was fantastic, and the contacts you meet and the practice you have to present to a panel of judges who are experts in the field and just experts in the whole products category has been so helpful. And then even to the walking around and thinking, wow, look what, look what could happen. I'm not, who knows what will happen, but look, look at some, someone started here too. These people started 
all these products started somewhere. It's true. And that's, you know, you you took the leap of faith. We have to go take a break in about a minute. Okay. So um, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the process that you went through, what um, suggestions you may have for other listeners that are in the beginning phases and really want, you know, believe in their product and and really want to take it to the next stage. And maybe some of the, the, the pieces that you wish you wouldn't have done. You know, maybe there was a, a stage that you went through that you were like, oh gosh, why did I go down that route? I should have, you know, made it easier by doing this. So when we come back, if it's okay with you, we will um, hear from, from you on that. And then in the meantime, make sure to go and get your bangle stacker and um, go to Kate's website and order some now. Hopefully we have some listeners that are just like the three of us who are <laughs> fabulous fashionistas that want to wear our jewelry stacked. So stay tuned um, from our sponsors, and we will be right back after a few minutes. Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Researchers report that most people living in the slimmest cities in the United States said that they exercise on a regular basis and eat healthy, low-calorie foods. They also frequently eat fruit and vegetables. In fact, half or more of the residents in all the least obese cities report exercising for at least 30 minutes three or more days a week. That's in sharp contrast to the nation's 10 most obese cities, where in all but one, less than half of the residents report exercising that much. Smoking rates were also lower than the national average in all of the least obese metropolitan areas. So regardless of where you live, keep those healthy habits of daily exercise and low-calorie eating to stay slim and healthy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on TogiNet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Diana Cohen. 
Welcome back. We're here with Kate O'Malley, who is a, a local inventor to Deanna in Chicago, and she is the creator <laughs> of Bengal Stacker. And uh, it was exciting. I was I even had it. I don't think I got to meet you at the Houseware Show, but I did see your product, and and I was you know cheering you guys on during some of the segments. So um, so I was very impressed when I saw it in person. So so why don't we talk a little bit more about you know some of the things that you have learned through the process, some suggestions maybe you would have for inventors? I've learned a lot, and I've forgotten probably, excuse me, some of what (laughs) I've learned. But one of the things that I, and I continue to do this, and I've always done this, but I think it's so important, is the contacts and asking for help. And when I got samples, when I originally got my first shipment of samples, I had a thousand bangle stackers stacked in my garage, and I thought, oh my, who, how, how am I going to sell these now? And I do, I have gone into boutiques, but I thought, I'm sending them to every single person I know, and I'm originally from the East Coast, so I send them to people on the East Coast, I send them to friends from college, I send them to my family on the East Coast, I send them to my family in California, I sent them to so many samples out, and my product ended up on the Today Show. And kind of, I was like, whoa, but you never know who's going to hand it to who and who's going to do you a favor just because you kind of asked for help. So that was like a big deal. And I thought, wow, it's amazing how nice people are. Isn't that amazing that you took it upon yourself to gift, basically, people, your Bengal stackers. And that's a, a really good strategy. If you think about, you know, when someone is out there creating a product and they they kind of want to hold on to them because they think they're more valuable if they're, you know, sitting in a warehouse, you know, ready to sell. And you took a different approach, which was, I'm going to start gifting them to people so that I could start building that top of mind awareness, Right. Yes, and I did that also because I wanted kind of to create a groundswell with maybe social media, which, to be honest, it hasn't really happened because of all the gifting I've done. But that's what I thought. I thought, oh, if I give it to my friend's daughter who goes to college, she'll tweet about it and Instagram about it and Snapchat about it and all the other things that college kids do that I don't know how to do. And it didn't quite happen, but it did. people really liked it, and I did get great feedback and more Facebook followers, but that was a great connection because also one of the things when I invented it, I thought, oh, and where I specifically looked for it was Container Store. And I thought, oh, of course, I'll, it, it'll go, I'll just be able to call Container Store and be like, wait till you hear my fabulous idea. <laughs> and it does. And, that and does. what happened? <laughs> I sent it to info at Container Store. And I'm still waiting for them to tell me how fabulous. <laughs> but I know, and then, then all of a sudden, one of my other great uh, experiences was the trade show and was with the Inventors Network help at the trade show and just being there to help guide inventors. But the trade show, you do meet the buyers and not that the contact at Container Store has been calling me to tell me how fantastic I am. However, you do meet those contacts, which I was so nervous. I thought, I am not ready to go to a trade show. I'm this little old person who works who has a, I was just really intimidated by it. And it was a really great experience for me. Well, see, look at that. You know, we do have, you know, a great trade show right here in Chicago. It's an international trade show and your category, you're right. You, you kind of took a step outside of what would be a traditional like beauty 
you know, and you said, I'm going to go housewares because it really does sit in the house, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it made good sense that you chose that show. So now when you look back and you say, okay, I'm here. Where, what does here look like to you? Are you selling into the stores? Are you fulfilling orders? What's going on now with, with what your here is? So my here is a little bit of everything, and but my here where I'm crossing my fingers here is that I'm talking and in, currently they have the contract and I'm looking to license the product to a bigger company out of New York who has all the contacts and does know the container store and does know Bed Bath & Beyond and does know all the big box stores, and then I will retain the rights to e-commerce, uh, hotels, spas, my website. So hopefully it's all will work out according to my dream. Well, good for you, and and we hope that that helps because a lot of – Inventors don't even know there are different ways of getting their product into the store. So let's talk a little bit about what that, um, you know, selling the rights to your product looks like for, for you. I mean, you don't have to say who it's with, but, you know, can you share, like, you know, what kind of percentage and have they told you what stores they're in relationship with and all that good stuff? Yes. So I met this particular company and buyer at the houseware show. He came up to me and said, this is a perfect product for my division, which who I work for, a company out in New York. I contacted him after the show, and we were talking, and I thought, I don't know exactly what a licensing deal is and what court of, but the more I talked, the more comfortable I felt. They will handle all the manufacturing, all the advertising, all the shipping, all the liability, all of the stuff that is beyond my capabilities at this point, and there's different ways to go, and I think this is the way I would love to go. And they offered me a 6% royalty. And then also one of the good things, which I liked about this company, is they just want big box stores. They just want to sell volume. And he said, Kate, stay with the boutiques. Stay with your e-commerce site. Stay with Amazon. We're not interested. We want big. Wow. So, that, that's wonderful. Seemingly, and yes. I'm hoping it is wonderful. Thank you. Well, we, we will keep our fingers crossed and our toes crossed for you. So we have about a few more minutes. In terms of um, advice that you would give um, to new inventors that are starting out, what, what advice would, would you say um, about this road, this, this long road? There is so much to take in, and there's so much for an inventor to do with all of the different parts of inventing, the manufacturing, the selling, the social media, the managing, everything. I just think it's important to prioritize, and I have to remind myself of this continually of I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think colleges. It belongs in colleges. Kids don't have enough space in colleges. It belongs with a University of Illinois stamp and a Notre Dame stamp and a University of California stamp on every Bengals. Every kid, every girl in college should have one of these. And then I think, no, catalogs is where it should go. And then I think spas is where it should go. And then I think Amazon. I have to start at Amazon. So you can kind of get overwhelming with everything that all the capabilities and possibilities and just your to-do list. And someone told me once, like, you have to eat an elephant one bite at a time. And so I kind of always have to remember that, like, prioritize. Okay, start with Amazon. And then once you figure that out, 
talk to catalogs. They're how, just how kind has of, Amazon been going, by the way? I just am starting to do that right now, and to, to me, it was it's it hasn't been going yet because I haven't grasped all of Amazon and how to make it work for me and keywords and SEOs and it's it's just that's a whole nother prioritize that too because there's a lot that goes into Amazon. It's not as easy as a snap of a finger. Well, and I put I put the link on our radio show page just so you know because I found you on Amazon too. So. Oh, thank you. Um, so, so it I is put, on Amazon. And I saw your Prime. I could get you Prime. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that took that took me four months to figure out the Prime. I, so it's just all these little it's very things important. that you <laughs> learn. In my world, I live by Prime. So right, and everybody does because I yeah. thought, oh, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Yes. Even though I'm sure it's hidden in there somewhere still, it's just a, you know, it's just a, a, a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's an important thing. I guess. It's a thing. It's an important thing. You're right. So, so let, let, let us again mention how someone can go and get their bangle stacker. Um, they can go to your website and um, Melinda, you, you probably have all that. Handy. Is it just Bangle Stacker, Kate? It's bang, yes, it's banglestacker.com. Okay, and then great. also at Amazon.com and type in Bangle Stacker and you can find it. Yeah, it comes right up. Yep, that's what I thought. So so we are so thrilled to have you on the show today, Kate. Thank you so much. We're so glad that we got a chance to meet you at the Housewares show. And keep us posted on your success and if there's anything more that the Inventors Network can do to help get you through those uh, other uh, channels, we'd be happy to see what our network is, uh, you know, whether if even it's just social media to drive t- traffic into those areas. That's what, you know, we're, we're pretty good at that. You so. are very good. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you for everything. Well, uh, thank it's you for being on the show. It's well, so thank nice. you. It was a pleasure. All right. Have a great day. Stay dry here in Chicago. I'll try. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. You too. So, uh, you know, this is what I love about what we do, Melinda, even though we have another guest who's coming on who we also love and, you know, think so highly of um, who's part of our network. And, you know, this is this is what we're all about. Every day we find great innovation, whether it's through our relationship with the Houseware Show, whether it's through all the people that connect to us. Through, um, through you know, social media, we find some really great products. In fact, next week we have something really tremendous happening. A week from today, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be really big. And maybe we'll so, be able to talk more about it at the end of the show, do you think? I think we should let everybody sit and wait. I think so. <laughs> I think so, because it's big. It's really big. It's I so mean, big. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we've ever experienced something so wonderful about our network and how we've we've sort of mastered this this area that nobody else is going to even come close to to touching on and we've really created a niche for ourselves to support the inventors in a way that they have never been supported before yeah yeah yeah. what what do you think i think it's pretty exciting because we're all about virtual there's a little teaser Ah. 
Ooh, that word? Ah. Yeah. Ah, Inter- virtual. <laughs> interesting I'll say words. it in my sultry voice. <laughs> Inter- interesting words you've picked. Yes. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. It's such a crazy world um, that we live in that you could virtually be somewhere um, and not have to worry about it. We're going to break. This is crazy. We'll be right back after a few words, and you get to meet our next guest. And stay tuned to find out who that is. Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen. Well, we are back for a second half hour of our favorite day of the week, our radio show, Innovation Divas with Toginet. And uh, I am here with my partner in crime, not crime, really. That was that, no. that was not no, no crime. <laughs> but, but we might do bad things. I don't know. But like that, like that. Let's like start that. a fire. Yeah, let's start a Alan, fire. Boy, that's a great lead-in. <laughs> you know, Alan, I'm sitting in 52-degree weather in Chicago. I could use a darn fire. Let's talk about There you about go. That. <laughs> Oh goodness! So we do have one of one of my favorites. I'm sure Melinda too, because Alan Harris has created Fire, which um, I was fortunate enough to present to, on Chicago TV a couple. I don't know what it was for Father's Day last year, I believe. Something like that. Something like that. Yes. And um, so, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Well, thank you, thank you. So, um, Fire came about in a way that um, most inventors think about their products. I don't think there's many that that don't say, 
wow, aha moment, I have an idea, I wonder if I can make it. So let's talk about that, that moment that this came about for you. Okay, well, we have some fireplaces, wood-burning fireplaces in our home that was built in 1900, so <laughs> it's an old house, we love it. Um, and I didn't usually have too much difficulty getting the fire started, but one winter night we were, and this is a long time ago, maybe 15 years or more, um, trying to start a fire in the our bedroom fireplace, which usually went just fine, but for some reason, maybe I had damp wood, you know, whatever it was, I was having trouble. And I we have a very handsome uh, squeeze bellows. It even has fur on one side. So it's a very handsome item. Is that what but, those things are called? Squeeze? What do you well, call Well, that's what I call them. They are bellows. And bellows. Uh, but, but the old blacksmith bellows that that it all came from were the size of small rooms. You know, to charge the uh, the fire. You know, shoot shoot oxygen into the fire. But they use really big bellows, little squeeze bellows that we've grown up with and have hanging from our uh, fireplace tool racks. Um, they give you a very, just a little, that's about it. And what a fire really needs is a continuous flow of air. And uh, I found that out later <laughs> because I was having trouble. The squeeze bellows didn't do much of anything. And I finally got down as I did when I was a kid. And my father taught me to blow on the fire. And I did that uh, long enough to hyperventilate. And I'm laying on the fire on the hearth. And I'm yelling to my wife, who's in another room probably, <laughs> to get away from all this. Um, you know, this is crazy. It's just air. And I I just went into the bathroom, I grabbed the hair dryer, and the cord just reached the fireplace, and I managed to uh, aim it at the fireplace uh, carefully, and that fire just took off. It was way, way overkill. But I realized, gee, if I could find a hair dryer without a heating element, that would be a great thing. Of course, they don't make such things. The, uh, any hair dryer needs the electricity to drive the heating element, not the fan. So I realized, wow, there's really something here, and I just started looking for anything that I could find that would do what I had in mind. And I had something fairly specific in mind, and that was a, a handheld inline tool, kind of like a flashlight. I didn't want there to be any handle to it no no uh, no place to hide the batteries and the the mechanism that drives the fan because um, uh, just about every other product on the market has a handle well it's not going to be portable if it has a handle there that's that's the short version <laughs> and, are we still there so you came up yes are you still and, there and so i looked and looked i bought everything i could find and nothing Nothing matched the vision that I had in my head. And 
Uh, I retired from my day job, which uh, in 1974 I opened my own marketing communications firm, and our clients included the Fortune 500 and others whose fortunes are in the making. And we did very nicely, but it was time it was time to retire and try to have a little fun in life. And uh, I got bored, and I had had this idea. For so long, and I, and, uh, anytime we were with our friends, you know, if I could get a hair dryer near the fire, I would show them and they would be amazed. And I said, one of these days, you know, I might do something like this. And I finally did a little market research, uh, with the Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association online and saw the statistics, uh, and this is about uh, four years ago, there were 65 million plus wood-burning fireplace or charcoal grill owners in the U.S. and Canada alone. And I realized there's a very large market for a product like this. And so I decided to do it. But I also decided um, if I can't make it in America, never mind. I'm not going to do it. Uh, just because I felt that strongly about bringing manufacturing back to America and um, et cetera. <laughs> Well, that's good, and, and you obviously have done so, and that's why we have a, a product that, um, that you've created, and it's in the marketplace. So let's talk a little bit about that and talk about, um, you know, how you're doing and how, how the, the consumer is, um, is, is viewing the product and how, is it, how are your sales. Well, they seem to like it. Uh... Let me tell you a couple things about it first, and this is why they like it. Uh, Fire is the first and only truly portable powered blower for wood and charcoal fires, period. Um, and it's because I wanted it that way. <laughs> I wanted you to be able to take it camping if you wanted to. Anywhere you need to make a fire. So battery power was important. Uh, I wanted it to be compact. Uh, handheld, extremely lightweight, and um, we worked on the design and we got it to do what we wanted it to do, which it does very well. And what it does is, and this is the important part, it it works with both wood and charcoal fires. So if you're in a if you're in a southern climate. You don't care too much about the uh, the wood burning part, at least as fireplaces go, and wood stoves for keeping warm. But you're grilling all year long, and might have a fire pit or something like that, or go camping. If you're in the north, in 52 degree weather, <laughs> uh, you might want to stay warm. Uh, but we're in that that season where we're switching over now, and and mines turn to uh, grilling and barbecue. So. Uh, let's let's do it this way. The very short story is, fire takes wood fires from first light to full blaze in about two minutes. And wow. I even have I have videos online where I do it in two minutes. I do it in one minute, and I even have one video where very clearly after just thirty seconds with fire. The wood is caught uh, from nothing but newspaper balls, and uh, the fire is blazing in 30 seconds. Then we get the charcoal. Most people, it takes a long time to get that charcoal up to cooking temperature. That's the goal with charcoal is you want to cook with it. 
fry air, we say no matter how you light your coals, we'll have you cooking in half the time you're used to, and that's typically 8 to 12 minutes. So fire really gets the fire started for you. Um, if you're doing uh, slow cooking, like barbecuing, you don't need to get up to very high temperature, and you're not working with a whole lot of coals. If you're doing uh, grilling, which is direct cooking with steaks and chops and burgers and dogs and things like that, uh, you do want to get up to a pretty high temperature. Uh, if you're working with steaks or, or you know, those kinds of things, you want to get up to uh, searing temperature. So you're looking at, you know, 700, 750 degrees. And fire does that very nicely, and it does it very easily because all you're doing is pressing a button. And as long as you hold that button down, it's giving you a powerful flow of air uh, directed at exactly where you aim it. We call it a point-and-shoot blower. Oh, and by the way, the, uh, we did file for a patent, and we received a design patent for our innovative inline point-and-shoot blower. That's fantastic. Congratulations. So not only did they like it, now people like it, too. We have shipped to customers in every state and now 46 countries. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we have we have to go take a break in about a minute or two, and so um, when we when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the the stepping stones that you've gone through, maybe some of the challenges that you've had, and some advice that you can give some of our other inventors when we come Happily. back. In the meantime, let's make sure that everybody knows how to go get their fire. It's F I Air. Net. So make sure you go and right. buy one for your favorite um, camper, your favorite dad, your favorite grandpa, your favorite brother, anybody that, and, and women too, let's not forget because oh, I, make yes. the, I make the fires um, um, up at our lake house when my husband's not, you know, um, around and I can um, pretend that I did a much better job than what would normally have taken a lot of newspaper and a lot of my own hot air. So I used the fire and impressed the heck out of everybody else around me, and they don't need to know. They don't need to know. So that's the beauty of, of, of this great concept that you had basically created so that you didn't have to blow blow um, any more hot air yourself. Right. Too, right. I never wanted to blow on another fire again. <laughs> Well, see, there you go. There you go. All no right. more hyperventilating. <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> that's, that's right, darn it all. So um, we will be back in a few minutes. Um, but remember, folks, you have to stay tuned till the end of the show because we have some big news, big, exciting things happening. Big. Uh, so virtually, big. virtually. 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 Virtually bigger than maybe just virtually? <laughs> I think it's bigger. Oh, really? Oh, my. Yeah. Alan, you, you'll have to stay and listen to the end. because I will. <laughs> I, I hope you'll stay and let us know what, what you're uh, going to give advice to these inventors because that's what it's all about is how other inventors can help and support their fellow teammates, right? Happily, yes. We'll be right back after a few messages from some wonderful people out there who are sponsoring our radio show.
Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on TogiNet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Diana Cohen. Well, we are back with Alan Harris from FIRE, an amazing innovation straight out of his own personal needs. Um, it is a fire starter, a fire supporter, everything that you um, would need, whether it's at your home or out on a camping trip or um, as a great gift. This is a great product. What is the retail price on it? Um, uh, it's twenty four ninety nine. I mean, look at that, twenty four ninety nine for... Yeah, it's very it's affordable. In, Go ahead. And it's made in America. And it's made in America, yeah. and that was, like I said, very key to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be made here. And frankly, um, I think it was a good idea also because uh, my target markets are very <laughs> interested in made in America products. Just and, as a matter and, of fact, barbecuers, grillers, very much so. Really? That was going to be my next question. So there are people that um, really believe in the value of Made in America. Uh, they at least say so. <laughs> and I, I, I've um, had people say, oh, this is a great idea. You know, I'll have to um, see if I can find one that's less expensive. Well, not likely to happen <laughs> because we're not going to make it in China. And um, go ahead. What was, what was your experience, you know, just going on that realm? Because sometimes, I mean, some of our inventors, you know, they're forced, unfortunately, to, you know, I mean, to, where they have to get large volume and it's all about price point. And so they do, you know, have to go overseas and, and we support them in that. But what was your 
what was your well, experience finding a manufacturer here locally and to get it to that price point? Um, you know, is it somebody locally that you found? Who did you work with to, you know, get those connections? Yeah, and that's very interesting. Um, once I had my design drawings, my my basic drawings that I could send out to get quotes, the first place we sent it was China, you know, because that was the quickest way <laughs> to actually get some numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, I I didn't want to make it there. I wanted to make it here. Um, I did manage to find one manufacturer that came highly recommended, and it was a disaster. This, oh, I, and they happened to be out of Illinois, and I won't say who they were, but it was a disaster. They had they had it for about nine months and had done nothing. They weren't taking my product seriously, and um, I was supposed to be going to trade shows uh because i was supposed to have at least a prototype in my hand and i did not that was an extremely painful and expensive experience now here's a great tip once i got my engineering drawings and those are the ones that the manufacturer needs to you know have the machines make the parts from once i had those drawings i said goodbye to the folks who had not delivered anything on time that they had ever promised. And I had contacted, and here you go, write this down, mfg.com. mfg.com, I found. I could not find them when I was first looking. And I should say that when I was first looking, I could find... I knew that I, because it was going to be made from plastic parts and I needed to find an injection molder. So I searched for injection molders and I talked to many. But when I then asked the question, okay, can you also bring in all the components and do the assembly, they said, oh, no, that's not our business. Now, someone who does do that is called a contract manufacturer they contract to get all the components together you know build all the parts and assemble it and so um that was what i was shooting for and they just didn't exist four or five years ago interesting so so i ended up with the one that i ended up with and i think i found another one to also offer me a quote, and they were way out of the ballpark. So I was sort of stuck with the one that I had, and they did not do the job for me. So I had been speaking. I knew what I, I knew I needed to get away from these folks and find a reliable manufacturer here in America, and I had been talking to MFG.com and learned that if I put a description of my product online along with a copy of the engineering drawings, I could get back quotes from real manufacturers. And if I said I wanted everything and I wanted a contract manufacturer, then those are the kinds of replies that I would get. 
I received my final drawings that I was willing to approve on a Thursday. On Friday, I sent out the information on MFG.com. On Monday, I received the first email, and then they started flowing in. I think I had 15 or 20 quotes, whereas, you know, a couple years ago, (laughs) I was lucky to get one or two, and they were out of the ballpark. So I was able to find my manufacturer. In fact, the very first one uh, is the one that I selected, who interestingly is called Sinotech USA. They're in Ridgefield, Washington, Washington State. And, you know, I looked at the name and I said, Sinotech, well, Sino is China, and I understand technology, you know, so (laughs) uh, will these folks be able to make it in the U.S. for me? And uh, it turns out the answer was yes. The first thing I had to do was select the manufacturer, and the first one who happened to reply to me, he was the one that I ended up selecting. Because by 4 o'clock that afternoon, I had a quote the likes of which I had never seen from another manufacturer. Because in it, he had a 3D rendering of every part, every plastic part that needed to be made. He specified what it would be made from, you know, all the dimensions, everything about it. And I said, wow, and i never seen anything like that from my previous manufacturer who had, you know, never done anything. Um, and I said, wow, not only is he showing me things that I had never seen before, but he's going to tell me how much my prototype is going to cost, and he's going to tell me how much the tooling is going to cost, and he's going to tell me the grade of steel that that tooling is going to be made of, as opposed to hearing from my previous manufacturer, it's going to be made from American-quality steel. And I don't want to get into that any deeper, but steel comes in different grades. Um well, Alan, he, this, this, he, I, I got to tell you that he he knocked the price of the tooling uh, uh, down by two thirds, and gave me the best price I had I had ever seen, and he's been a real partner to me. That's so we're very happy. We are glad that you've told us about. We're always looking for great experts to be a part of our network, and I I would hope that. Um, you could make that introduction for us because there's other inventors that are constantly looking for good manufacturing. So yes, well, be... I must I must say mfg.com is a great place to start. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for being on our show today. Well, Rock I on, hope I've helped some inventors, uh, so you can save some of the you know the mistakes that I've made. Um, and I thank you because, you know, it's, it's, uh, organizations like Inventors Network who help folks like me and give us opportunities. And we appreciate that. So anybody who, anybody who builds a fire, fire doesn't light anything. But once you have a flame, and there's lots of ways to get a, an environmentally safe flame these days, once you got a flame, it really changes the way you work with your fires, period. Well, thank you again so much for being on our show, Alan. Rock on. Go get your fire today at fireair.net. And uh, once again, thank you, thank you. And thank Melinda, you so much. You're yeah, thank welcome. you, Alan.
And Melinda has some like big, big information, like really big. So go for it, girl. It's big. I mean, we've had some things similar to this, but I think this is even bigger because we have been doing these virtual events um, and they're kind of like a, I like to, they're, they're kind of like a shark tank, but a real opportunity and, and people are actually nice. And, um, you know, so when we have these events, that's kind of what it's all about, but we are hosting a virtual, uh, pitch session between top dog who we've worked with before. And it was a huge success and now Harriet Carter. So, and it, Deanna, do you want to share a little bit about Harriet Carter and why that's so significant? Oh, my goodness. Harriet Carter, is I had no idea until we got to know them, is one of the largest catalogs in the universe. <laughs> like, I don't even know if there's 100 million people out, you know, like, I'm for sure not in my neighborhood. I don't know about yours. <laughs> but, but for sure, they send out to the United States a hundred over a hundred million catalogs every year. So imagine if you're an inventor, imagine if you have a great product and imagine that Harriet Carter likes your product. Well, we are doing a virtual pitch session. The slots are already taken for next Tuesday on the 17th. But if you're listening now and you want to be a part of something that we may be able to um, duplicate down the line, which we think we will, um, they seem to like us so far, then send us an email at info at inventors, I-N-V-E-N-T-O-R-Z network.com, and just say you're interested in, in finding out about our virtual pitch sessions. Sign up for our membership. It's absolutely free. And, and let's get this going. I mean, there are some great products out there that we're really honored and thrilled to be able to um, have them present present next week. Yeah. And we're always looking for new products because once, you know, if we're still working with top dog, we can't show them the same product twice. So, you know, we, and, and not to say that product isn't fantastic for another event because what's really cool about what we're doing is other companies, you know, are, are seeing this virtual pitch session and how it works and nobody else is doing it, but we are, and it's convenient. It's free, pre, basically, and uh, for the inventor to be a part of. And, you know, they're pretty cool. It is It is a great thing. And we're honored to have TogiNet help us spread the word. So thank you, TogiNet, once again for a great radio show today. And um, we'll see you all next time. I mean, I really think that we are on to, um, you know, a great year and a, a great spring and get rid of the rain here in Chicago, please. Whoever has connections up there. <laughs> God? Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear her? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. We'll see you next time. Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen return next week with more of the Innovation Divas. They really know the who, what, and why of inventing and love that they can share their knowledge, connections, and great women-invented products with this audience. Contact the Divas for more information on how to sponsor or attend. Then join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard.